Hey, 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 hey. It's your host, Kayla. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another episode of Big Kids, the podcast for giant kids or adults of any size that want to learn a few adult tips and tricks. So let's get on it. Today we're talking about freelancing. So freelancing, you are a freelancer or you want to become a freelancer. We're going to go through some tips, some tricks, and the general ideas. So what is freelancing? Freelancing is a person that is self-employed. You don't necessarily have a boss and you're just doing whatever you can. So whether you're working on Upwork or Fiverr or you're doing your own little side hustle, Freelancing is a really wonderful thing, and although it's not usually very consistent money, it is awesome extra money, and eventually a lot of people do create a full-time job out of it where you are your own boss, and that's what we love to hear. My first job was washing windows, and my second job was every single thing else. Let me tell you, I did user testing, I did market research, I went to school in the midst of all of this to get my marketing certificate so that I could actually be a professional marketer. And in the midst of all this, I literally did everything, every single thing I possibly could to just hustle and get a little bit of money. And it was, it was pretty good money. I also did audiobooks, which was also very great money. And it was awesome. So if you're considering freelancing and it's something that you really want to do, there are a few things that you need to know. It changes your taxes. It changes your income. Obviously, it's not the most steady thing in the world, but there's lots of different things you can do. Lots of self-employed gurus are going to pop up on your Instagrams and your Facebook and whatever else, and they probably already have or those YouTube ads. They're probably suggesting buy my workshop, you can work for yourself, blah, 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 blah. Most of it, I am not going to lie to you, is it's garbage. It's not even true. So the the reality of being a freelancer is that it's not easy and it's not easy to get started. It's not as simple as taking a workshop and knowing exactly what you have to do. Uh, a lot of people suggest finding a niche. I fully agree with that. It's good to find something that you're actually really good at and make some kind of profit off of it. So why do people want to freelance? Freelancing is usually done for side money and eventually it turns into a full-time thing. It's really flexible. You can work part-time. You can work outside of business hours. You can do it on the weekends. It gives you a lot of independence instead of a job. So it's really easy to take time off freelancing. Eventually you can build a full-time income. Your income at that point can become quite regular But before that, it's usually quite irregular. You can you can pretty much have all this freedom. So it's it's really awesome. And freelancing goes into many things. You could be a freelance writer. You could be a copywriter. You could be a web designer. You could be a marketer. You could be a virtual assistant, a bookkeeper. You could do PR services. There is so many different options for a freelancer and what they can do. When I first started freelancing, I did everything through Fiverr and Upwork and Amazon. 
And that was really helpful. Even though these companies usually take a percentage of what you make, I know for Upwork, it can usually be 10 to 20%, which is ridiculous in my personal opinion. So if you're listening and you work for Upwork, please talk to the CEO and tell them that's ridiculous. It's highway robbery. I am a strong believer that it's good to start on these platforms because you begin to build yourself a customer base. You begin to see your strengths and weaknesses as essentially a business owner of your your, your businesses yourself. So I would suggest going onto Fiverr, creating a gig, and then working your way from there. Subsequently, with working on these platforms, you need to market yourself. The nice thing about Upwork is you send out these proposals and then they pick you from them. So you kind of send in your resumes. On Fiverr, it's not necessarily like that. People are going to need to be able to find you. So you need to know how to sell yourself. I would highly suggest taking a marketing course or listening to my future podcast on marketing. I am a marketer, so I, I would suggest it. Freelancing most often contains contract work. So it's it's usually short term. It can be long term depending on what you do, but you're going to create these, these contracts with people that are going to pay you for your services. So say you are a freelance writer and a journaling company wants to hire you for three months. Then you're going to sign this contract. You're going to work for them for three months, but you still have to pay your own taxes. You have to consider yourself as a business and it's a simple arrangement. And then when the contract's done, you can decide whether they want to resign it or if you want to move on to other clients. Instead of contract work, there's also retainer work. So a retainer is when someone's paying for the rights to someone's time. So this is for freelancers that are going to work a set number of hours per week or per month or per year for a specific client. And that's going to be a retainer in which you would sign a retainer agreement. So say you're only going to work 10 hours a month. And this goes for like, let's say, for example, social media managers. Usually they're on more retainer agreements where they do 10 hours of work for one client, 10 hours of work for another client, 10 hours of work for another um, on a monthly basis. And that's kind of the agreement that they're going to set upon with their clients. The great thing about freelancing is definitely some of the things that we've talked about um, having that freedom. You're you're freelancing. So there are also a few risks that come with it. One of the main ones that people have concerns over is healthcare and benefits. I had no benefits when I was freelancing, which means that I didn't get my teeth checked for two years and I did get cavities. Um, I didn't get to go in for massages, which isn't the biggest deal in the world. But and especially for Americans, when you have health insurance that comes with a lot of your jobs, you do lose that option. A way to kind of off-put that is finding private insurance providers that you can just budget for and put a certain amount of money away. I know here locally, if you run a business, then you can get benefits through the Chambers of Commerce and through the Blue Cross and etc., but that is a big concern that a lot of freelancers face is especially when starting out, if you want to do it full time and you don't have those benefits, that health care, that dental insurance, or even prescriptions, it can be really hard on a freelancer and it can take a lot of time to get to the point where you're able to budget and afford private health care. 
Another unfortunate reality that comes with that is that when you work for a company that gives you health care, usually they're getting the best rates. They have a background in getting insurance. They know where to go. They're finding the best deals for you. And sometimes they're paying a huge percentage of it. But when you're self-employed, you're getting the policy for yourself or for your family. And that means that most likely the insurance is going to cost more. Another thing that's usually geared towards Americans is that as a freelancer, you're not having somebody match your 401k or your retirement funds. So when you're putting a certain amount of money aside, especially working at a company that's really established, sometimes one of their initiatives will be paying a certain amount towards your retirement funds. And that's something that does get lost when you're freelancing, which is, it's it's unfortunate, but you can always privately put your own money aside and put it into high compounding interest accounts. But that is something to think about when you're considering freelancing is you're missing out on that health insurance, you're missing out on those match contributions, and you also have to accept that sometimes money's going to be good and sometimes money's going to be tight and you just might not like it. Let's jump into taxes. When I first was freelancing, I was really, really, really terrified of what my taxes were going to look like. I was like, oh no, I can't go to H&R Block anymore. I'm not going to be able to even do them myself. It's going to be way too complicated. Luckily, it's not as hard as it seems. It's pretty straightforward and it's really easy to do. You can still go to an accountant, just tell them that you're freelancing and they can do it all for you. But say you're doing your taxes yourself. Let's go through the step-by-step. What I would highly suggest when you start freelancing is being very watchful of how much money's coming in and putting away a certain percentage towards taxes every month. That's going to help you so that by the end of the year, you don't have this lump of money that you have to pay back to the government and you can just prepare yourself for success by the end of it. One of the things that you're going to need to complete is a Form T2-125 Statement of Business or Professional Activities. This is a detailed list of your income and expenses as a freelancer. Another joy of freelancing is the write-offs. So you can write a lot of expenses off. You can create these deductibles. So that can be your office supplies, marketing costs, resources that you needed. So a new laptop, a better microphone, um, even a massage chair. You can write off your phone bills, your internet bills, meals, entertainment that you need as specifically part of your business, traveling costs. So your gas to drive, the cost of getting on the subway, and ongoing training and professional development. So attending a conference or going to a workshop that is related to your work. This is one of the most amazing things. I was so shocked in my first year of freelancing when I didn't have to owe the government. I actually got a return and that was because I had saved all of my bills. I was working from home. So my electricity, my gas, my water bills, pretty much everything that I could possibly think of. I printed off all of those bills and I sent them straight to my accountant and it brought my income down so much that I got a return. So that's one of the greatest things is keeping your receipts, making sure that you're keeping all of the invoices, all of the bills, the things that you had to pay that are work-related and being able to write those off at the end of the year. 
Another thing as a freelancer is trying to max out your retirement savings. So you're not paying into a potential nobody's paying for your pension when you're working as a freelancer because you're working for yourself. So it's your job to put money away for your retirement. So one of the things that I would highly suggest is putting away a certain percentage of your income or even just a set amount every month and putting that towards your RRSP, your registered retirement savings plan, and making sure that you're preparing yourself for the future at the same time. I did not do that in my first couple years of working as a freelancer and I wasn't paying towards my Canadian pension plan either so those couple years are un- they 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 are never going to pay for my retirement they never did and they won't so it's really important that you're watching your money and you're making sure that you're putting money into your retirement plans at the same time So when it comes to doing your taxes, it's also good to add GST or PST or HST, whatever you have in your province, and make sure that it's on your invoices. Make those people pay taxes. So when you write your invoice, you're going to put that 5% GST or whatever it is on your invoice, and they're going to pay it. Take that money and put it aside so that you are prepared for tax season and you have enough to pay your taxes. Pro tip though, if your business revenue is below $30,000 each tax year, you're technically considered a small supplier, so you're exempt from charging and also paying GST. So that's an amazing thing. If your gross revenue is the amount you earn before deducting your expenses sitting at $30,000, you do not have to pay GST. You do not have to charge GST. But if it does exceed that $30,000 in the year, you need to register for a GST account. Uh, You can do it over the phone, by mail or fax, or you can go to the Canada Revenue Agency website and you're going to find all the information that you need about it. So in my personal experience, doing your taxes as a freelancer isn't as hard as it seems. It's actually quite easy, it's quite simple, and it's really rewarding when it's done because you don't have to think about it for another year. At my first job as a window washer, I remember my boss at the time who I didn't always necessarily get along with. I remember I had told him that I was doing like logos and just some basic graphic design on the side just to gain experience before I moved on to a new job. And he was like, how much are you charging? And I said, well, I'm just doing it for free. Like I just want to build my portfolio, whatever. I'm 18 years old. I just I just need experience because I'm not planning on going to college right now. And he was so irritated with me. And I didn't really understand at first, but in retrospect, I do now. He, He said, never cut yourself short. Don't do any work for free. And at the time I was like, eh, whatever. I'm gonna do it for free because who's gonna pay me? I don't have any solid background in it. And now I fully agree. Do not do work for free. Don't do things for free to build your portfolio. Do them at a charge, even if it's low, but just do it so that you can establish that and also personally establish it with yourself that your time and your work and your effort is worth something. It's it's worth a dollar value because your labor is always worth it. So make people pay even while you're building your portfolio. It took me a long time to realize that my time was worth money and when I was doing work 
it was important. So if I could suggest anything, I would say make sure that you're charging right off the bat and not only charging right off the bat, but charge more than you would expect your work to be worth because you're going to grow your skills. And if you need to up your prices for your freelancing work, do it. If you think that you have gained the expertise to get paid a lot more for it, do it. You might have unhappy clients, but eventually clients are going to come in that are more than willing to pay for your hard work. When you are your own boss, you need to give yourself the grace and also give yourself the pay raise. Another piece of advice that I could give is be willing to take the risk. And also don't be afraid to sell yourself and market yourself and make it known that you're doing these jobs and that you need clients. I personally struggle with this a lot and this next statement that I'm about to make, I might lose some listeners to it, but I'm willing to say it. If girls from your high school can confidently sell hair products that make your hair fall out, then you can confidently sell real skills that you actually have. So be confident, post on social media, market yourself, and take pride in what you're doing because that is going to show that you have authority in it and that you are qualified to do it. Now, the synopsis. Step one to becoming a freelancer. Either A, create a business plan, or B, create a list of the reasons that you want to become a freelancer and how you're going to obtain that, how you're going to make it something that actually brings in income. Step two, narrow down your skills. Pick what skills you're good at. If you're a writer, what kind of writer are you? What can you do? What can you sell? What are people going to pay for? Take your hobbies, take your past experiences, take your schooling into account and make a solid list of the things that you can do that people are going to pay for. Figure out who your clients are and where you are going to find them. This is very important. You got to be really thoughtful. You got to think this out. You need to sell to clients that are in your niche that are going to pay for it and that need it. So if you are a writer and you want to get your stuff on blogs, you're going to need to find those blogs that are going to pay you to do it. So narrow down your target clients, figure out your niche, and really attest to your audience. Step four, make your packages, create your gigs, set out what you're going to do. So if you're a social media manager, are you going to do three posts a week, every single week for $800? Pick your packages, pick your pricing, set it out. Put all your jobs in a list and figure out which ones you're most willing to do and how much they're worth. And then the last step is get it out there. Post it on Fiverr, post it on Upworks, post it on Get a Gig, post it on the internet or build a website. This is where you start really building your clients and putting them to a place where they can actually see what you do and pay for it. The nice thing about having your own website is you can use it as a portfolio. That's not what I originally did, but that's what I moved on to when I started getting more traction with my jobs, especially as I got more into marketing. I built a website for myself that people could pay for my packages right on or could discuss their concepts with me. 
And that worked really good because as I moved out of that field and more into a regular job, I had a portfolio to use on my resume with so many jobs and so many pieces of work that I did for clients. So building your own website is really awesome because it'll turn itself into a portfolio or it can just constantly be a standalone if you take on freelancing full time. But if you want quick jobs and a type of platform that's going to be there for you and kind of assist you in finding clients, then I highly suggest Fiverr or Upwork, even though Upwork highway robbery, don't forget that aspect. But it is really helpful. I made a lot of money off of Upwork when I was doing audiobooks. It was the best place to find my clients and it was really, really convenient. And I think that really covers it all. If you have any more questions, feel free to follow me on Instagram and reach out to me at FreeKayla. I'm always willing to look look into things for you or answer whatever questions you have. I'm available, I'm around, and thank you for listening to the Big Kids Podcast. I am so glad that you took the time to listen today, and I hope that you tune in for next week's episode. I'm starting to post a lot more regularly. At first, I did take a little bit of a break for about a week there where I didn't post as regularly, but I'm getting back into it. I think it's good, and I'm so excited that I'm getting downloads and that people are listening. So rock on. Let's keep doing this whole adult thing and making it work. And don't forget what I said. If girls from your high school can post about hair products that make your hair fall out, then you can post about your real skills. Let's get it and let's nail this life.